Bibles, that's great. It's a good thing. I'm going to be reading from the book of Acts, chapter 26. I'm only going to read two verses of scripture in the King James, and then I will read it in the uh, basic Bible uh, edition. And so that's Acts, chapter 26, verses 28 and 29. And then Agrippa said unto Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all that hear me this day both were both almost and all together, such as I am. How many would like to be not just almost? but all together. We got to get it together, folks. (laughs) Praise God. Except these bonds. I'm going to read the basic Bible edition, I believe the BBE, and then you can be seated in the gripper, set it to Saul or Paul, a little more, and you will be making me a Christian. And Paul said, it is my prayer to God that in little or great measure, not only you, but all those hearing me today might be even as I am, but for these chains. I want to preach to you on this subject, leaving almost behind, leaving almost behind or just a little further. I know you've been on a vein and uh, engage. And all the other E-words, I've been watching you. I've been watching the lights blinking, and it's been great. I was like, man, I wish I would have come up with that. Now I can't do it, though, you know. It's great. So won't you clap your hands to the Lord and go ahead and be seated. Praise God. Amen. Leaving almost behind. My dear friend stood up here and mentioned that God is doing great things, uh, and he's doing, will do greater things. Uh, And I do believe there's a a word that God is desiring to communicate, uh, and with the best of my ability and the uh, gifting of the Holy Ghost, I pray that's the case. Um, Paul, in his... Uh, discourse to Agrippa. This is King Agrippa, Herod Agrippa II. He was uh, conveying uh, to him all the things that had transpired up until that point. He wasn't trying to plead for his plead his case as far as his uh, life is concerned. He wasn't looking for safety. Uh, he wasn't uh, trying to defend himself or or. Uh, Uh, state his case for why he was there. He was really presenting 
the facts that uh, Agrippa should have known and did know up until that point. And he actually told Agrippa, hey, uh, none of these things have been hidden from you. I know you know and understand these things. You, you weren't in a corner. Everything that has been done and everything that's been communicated, you know why I'm here. And it's not, I'm not here because I've done anything wrong. I'm here because of the gospel. You've heard it. It has come to your throne. The power of God has been heard in your domain and in your kingdom. You've heard the powerful things of God. You've seen people come to God. You know the testimony. As a matter of fact, your forefathers have destroyed and killed the, the, uh, the Christians of old. And you know these things. And he made his case to Agrippa. And Agrippa listened. And he made that statement, that famous statement. Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. You said a lot and I am almost there. I'm at the brink. I'm at the point of becoming just like you. And Paul said, I, I would to God that not only you, but everybody would not only uh, come just a little close to being there, but you would be fully persuaded of being where I am. And oh, I'm just, I'm just, oh, I'm just almost there, just a, a little further, just a, a little closer, and I will be just like you, Paul. And Paul said, hey, that, that almost is not good enough. I, I want you and desire that you would, not only almost, not just almost, but all together. And I'm here to tell you, Antioch, the apostolic church, we are almost there. Everything that God has promised, everything that God has spoken of, it doesn't matter what it looks like. It, it doesn't really matter what it feels like. And it doesn't matter what comes along our way, whether it's pessimistic. It doesn't really matter. Hey, these things can't move the will and the purpose of God. But we can't be almost there. Almost isn't good enough. Oh, hallelujah. There will be some people that will leave out, out of this place that will be almost where God desires for them to be. But I pray that God, as Paul said, I pray that you don't just be almost, but I pray that you'll, you'll be all together. Oh, hallelujah. But sometimes, and on some occasions, we communicate almost as though it was a consolation prize. You didn't win, but you almost won. And I don't know about you. I don't like to hear that I was almost there. And, and what they're communicating is you almost made it, so cheer up because there is a next time. Well, sometimes there isn't a next time. Sometimes the next time is right now, and I don't want to fall short, and I don't want to be almost, and I want to be all together. I'm sorry. But I'm in it to win it. <laughs> I, I know today's uh, society will tell us just the participation reward and award. I, I don't know about all that. And I, I'm sorry, you parents, if you have 
children in here that you're trying to teach them just to participate is good enough. I, I am sorry. I don't believe in that. I, I, you can write me. Somebody else can preach it another way another day. But I'm, I'm sorry right now. And I got the, the pulpit. I got the microphone. And I don't believe almost is good enough. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The only people that say that, hey, it's, oh, hallelujah. It's not, it's not whether you win or lose. It's how you play the game. Only losers say that. You don't hear winners say it doesn't matter whether you win or not. Hey, when you carry the trophy home, Tom Brady didn't say, oh. and I don't even like Tom Brady. Not personally, but I don't like his team. You, and then they're going to talk about second place. I'm sorry, I don't believe in second place. No. Second place, it's just the first losers. That's all it is. They're the first losers. Don't tell me second. You're just the first loser. Then you got the second loser, third loser, fourth loser. No. Second, no. I'm in it to win it. Amen. I, if I can't win, I don't want to play. That's just the way I am. I'm sorry. If you might not understand that, but I'm, I'm telling you, if you're in heaven, you made it. You won. And I'm going to tell you, anybody else who doesn't make the heaven didn't win. So you only had two sides, the winners and the losers. And from the very beginning, the adversary knew from the very beginning, he didn't get a second chance. He knew once he slipped up, that was it. There was no second chances. There was no consolation prizes. He knew he was a loser from the beginning. He could not win. So he want to tell you, it's okay if you come short. Oh, hallelujah. No, we're not coming short. I said Antioch is not coming short tonight. Hey, we're in it to go all the way. We're not, oh, we're not persuaded of being just almost. We want to make it all the way. We want all the promises. We want everything that God has promised us. Almost isn't good enough. Look at somebody tell them almost isn't good enough. Don't tell them you're almost there. Now, some almost you, you, you don't mind being a part of. I get it. I, you know, I almost got hit by a car. Hey, I want that almost. <laughs> almost hit my head. Yeah, I, I want to almost like that. Or maybe you almost died. You want that almost. So some almost I understand, but some almost can't be tolerated. We can't have that mentality and that mindset. If I can just get it. No, sometimes almost is too far. Sometimes almost is not enough. Sometimes almost. And when it comes to the things of God, the kingdom of God, the promise of God, the will of God, I can't almost get to his promise. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody's going to leave out of here almost delivered. Somebody's going to leave out of here almost set free. Can I tell you, almost delivered is not enough and almost set free is not enough. You got to determine I am going to be delivered. I'm going to get everything I need in God. Sometimes you just got to go a little further. Hey, I'm here to tell you tonight, just go a little further. You don't hear, you don't hear. He was, oh, I almost got delivered tonight. Oh, I almost didn't die. I almost didn't get cancer. I almost survived. You don't hear that almost. There are some 
who are going to decide it. I'm not walking out of here almost. And you can feel that, and I know I'm not getting specific in that because there are different things, different promises, different needs, et cetera, et cetera. But today you came into this place, and, 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 and let me tell you, every time we come together, there's something that as uh, God always have a blank check, and he's, he's ready to sign somewhere. Every time we come together, somebody's going to get delivered. Every time we come together, somebody's going to be set free. I heard seven people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning. Right? Am I right? Come on, say, God God says, hey, hey, if there's no one that needs the Holy Ghost, hey, something is going to happen. If there's somebody that needs the Holy Ghost, God can give it to you. If somebody needs to be baptized, it can happen tonight. We just need to get out of the almost atmosphere and move into the realm that says, God, you will. Not that you can, but you will do it tonight. I, uh, I've had a lot of Almost in my life. And it leaves me empty. Sometimes it leaves me regretting. And it, it, it bothers you sometimes when you almost get something because it indicates you were so close to getting what you thought you would have. And here, this man, this uh, Agrippa, he seemed to have been satisfied with being in a place where I, I almost, I almost became a Christian. I almost became just like you. And really, the fact is, that word almost indicates that he was really close to becoming that. It wasn't, he, he, he wasn't just making a statement according to the, the Greek, uh, and I'm not trying to get, become a Greek scholar or anything like that, but according to the Greek, it meant that it was just a little bit. It was a small amount, and I, I'll get into the exact definition in a minute. But he, it, it meant that he was so close, but there was, there was some things in his past that hindered him from getting to the place that could have been his future. And a lot of times it's our past that hangs, we carry it around like a sack pack or a nap pack, and, and God is trying to get us to put the baggage down. And sometimes it's not something bad, but sometimes it's things that we hang our hat on. And sometimes it's prideful things, it's, it's prominence, it's, it's, it's things that, that, that we say is, is part of us and part of our makeup when God is trying to get rid of our identity and create his own in us. And But this particular man, the only reason why he could couldn't get to where Paul was trying to get him to, to where he could be persuaded was because of his prominence and his passion and everything that he knew because he was a grip for the second. You see, he was, he was a, a, a relative of Herod the Great. And, and, and so he, 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 you know, people looked up to him and he had Herod the Great and and Herod Agrippa and, and, uh, Herod Antipas and, and now he's on a scene. I mean, he, his forefathers persecuted Christians. And so Her Herod Antipas, he persecuted Christians and Herod the first persecuted Christians. And here he is. And he has to allow the legacy to continue on. 
But because of his past, he couldn't let go of who he was in the world. And, and, and while the God was in, uh, actually forefront, how many people had the gospel preached to him just like that? The man, the apostle Paul, on that level, preached to him, and he was so close. And, but he couldn't peel away from his past. Can I tell you, sometimes your past can keep you bound in the past and, and you have to decide, you know what? It doesn't matter uh, what things I couldn't do before. It doesn't matter what things God didn't do before. And it doesn't matter what things I've had before. It doesn't matter what degrees I have. It doesn't matter what jobs I've held. None of that matters. When I get to the point in the place that God is trying to get me from this place to the next place, I, the past doesn't matter. What I have attained and what I have accumulated and Anything else doesn't matter because I need to get to the next point. And can I say it this way? Flesh has to get out of the way in order for me to get to the next place. To get a little further. And we've come to this place time and time again. Where you hear priests, you got to die out. Now, how many of you been around here? You've heard that a lot. You got to die. You have to die. You have, how many have heard that? <laughs> I don't know what the pastor been preaching about death. No. Amen. I guess you had enough of it. And he's, <laughs> you got to get engaged now. You got to come alive. <laughs> but we, 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 we. This, this being almost in a certain place, and you can feel it. You know, it seems like every time you get almost ready to get uh, where you need to get in God, how many has been there where you, you really feel like, all right, God, you've been praying and you've been asking God to get you to a particular place, and, and you, 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 you know, you kind of positioning yourself and you feel really good about it. God has made some promises, and then it seems like you're almost there, and then all Hades break loose. And, and I feel like you probably had a search. If you, if, if this congregation is like the, uh, uh, Antioch North or whatever, just before the pandemic came, we had a, a great surge. Things was happening and everything else. And then the pandemic broke loose. We, we were plowing along even through the pandemic. And then there's an outbreak in the church. And then now you're trying to plow through and that and, and then all these things. And I can feel that, that, you, that you plowed through some things. You can feel that you've warred against some things. And that you can feel that you had to struggle through some things. And you've gotten to a place, but let's not plateau. Let's not get satisfied. Let's not get comfortable. Hey, we haven't gotten to that particular point. Amen. We're not there yet. But let me tell you, can I say we're almost, but we're not satisfied. Antioch, don't become satisfied. Hey, just, uh, please don't take a reprieve and take a break when things let up as far as the uh, pandemic is concerned. Hey, man, when things let up, don't go on vacation. When things let up, don't go at ease. Uh, when things let up, keep your mind and your heart on the things of God because something is about to break loose and every promise that God has promised will be fulfilled. I believe that. So we have, we have to leave almost behind. And the, the thing that will neutralize and paralyze the almost is being fully persuaded. 
Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 4, verse number 19 through 22, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. This man was of the age of 99, approaching 100. His wife was 89, approaching 90. And the Lord came to visit him just before he was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Lord spoke to him. And he said uh, about the space of life, uh, uh, about this time next year. Hey, it's the time of life. Sarah is going to have a child. What? And Abraham identified. It's almost time, but almost isn't good enough. He waited uh, at that particular time. He waited, what, 24 years. He was 75 years of age when the promise came, and it was 24 years later, and the clock is ticking. The clock is going by. Time is going by. Now he's old, he's aged, he's decrepit. His wife is old. She's past years of, of being able to give a child. Uh, the months went by and that, it, that nothing happened concerning uh, uh, what would be expected of a woman. And, and, and they were, uh, God has promised this. And, and now here it is. Uh, he's 99 years of age and God says, hey, Abraham, I know you've been waiting for a long time. I know you've heard the promise forever. You've been hearing it uh, and you haven't let it go. You haven't stopped believing. You haven't thrown in the towel. You haven't discarded my word. You didn't worry about your body now dead. You wasn't concerned with the fact that Sarah can't do what she used to do in order to bring forth a child. None of that matters. None of that is significant. It didn't matter when you brought a child by another way that was not my will. It didn't matter when you made a mistake and went down in Egypt. Every it's okay. Uh, you came back with this woman uh, that wasn't yours uh, and you heard your wife uh, and did something that you shouldn't have done. Uh, but Abraham, I want you to know even though you've made mistakes, uh, you didn't always do things perfect. You didn't always do things according to my will. But can I tell you, Abraham, my promise is sure. Abraham, I will do what I said I would do. Antioch, the apostolic church, God is not a man that he should lie. He's going to do everything that he said. He's going to give every promise, every word. He will bring it to pass. We're almost there. You can feel it. We're almost there. It may not seem that it's going to happen. Yeah, Sodom is around. Yeah, destruction is here. But Abraham, I got a word. Even though things don't look well, even though I'm going to send judgment at this hour, I'm here to tell you why I'm sending judgment. I'm sending the fact that my promise is about to come to pass. Also, yes, I'm about to destroy Sodom, but I'm also so about to bring about my promise. So when you see judgment, I want you to know God is about to fulfill. But we have to be fully persuaded. I said we had to be fully persuaded. Uh, Antioch Central, the promise was birthed here on this hill. Uh, hey, the promise is here. It hadn't gone anywhere. He wasn't weak in the faith. The Bible says 
He considered not his own body, now dead. When he was a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God, but he was fully persuaded, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able, able also to perform. Fully persuaded. Being fully persuaded is the catalyst to the promises. It's the antidote to emptiness, to being almost. It's the place where the miraculous takes place, where life takes place. God is, I believe, birthing. First of all, I believe I'm here uh, in the will of God for whatever reason. God could have used, obviously, whoever preached. I don't know who preached. But God uses everyone who comes in this pulpit because I believe the pastor hears from God. And I believe this church is a part of the plan of God and the purpose of God. And it may seem like we just come in here just to gather. But a whole lot goes on. I'm, what a powerful presence of God in this place during the worship. We could have just done that. And uh, 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 my hat goes off. And I'm going to clap my hand to the worship leaders. Yeah. You ought to thank God for the worship leaders. Because they weren't up here to perform or entertain. Amen. They were up here to lead you in the presence of God. And amen. And it just so happened they sung some of the two of my favorite songs. They worshiped. Two of my favorite worship songs. This song is talking about hallelujah. We can just sing, you know, we can sing hallelujah for 10 hours. And I wouldn't get bored. Thank you. It's being persuaded. We know the scripture. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation what we're going through, is that going to separate us? Yeah, I know some people, they start coming, and I understand all that. Some people, you know, are skittish and everything else. But let me tell you, this church is still standing. Could you stop it for one second? I don't want to just record it. Y'all can tell the pastor afterwards. That's fine. I don't think I'm trying to hide it from him. Tell me, oh, what are they going to say? Did you stop it?
In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Not just conquerors, we are more than conquerors. You, you, you know who you are. I, I mean, I hate to go street and ghetto on you, but we some bad dudes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can walk up. Yeah, I know you hear the news. You can walk up there into the toughest streets in Baltimore. We some bad dudes. So y'all don't walk around there like, like this. This is how we walk up and that's how we walk around up in Baltimore. You don't come up there walking. You don't come up there walking like this. I don't care who you are. You better get some swag up in there. Let's get some apostolic swag. We know who we are. I'm fully persuaded. And then he goes on, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor nor angels, nor principalities. I mean, notice that, nor powers. If he's telling you nor death, life, angels, principalities, powers, things present, things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate you from the love of. If he's telling you that, nothing. Nothing. Pandemics, nothing. We have to be that persuaded. I feel in my spirit that with everything that's transpiring in this world, obviously God knew and he knows. And it doesn't really matter whether things get better or get worse. It doesn't matter whether uh, vaccines work or they don't work. Oh, hallelujah. It doesn't matter whether you, you believe in taking it or you're against taking it. Let's not cause any division in the church. Whether you get two shots, one shot, Pfizer or Johnson, doesn't really matter. Whether you choose not to do it, whether you had Corona, didn't you? All that doesn't matter. What we know for sure, that one day the trumpet shall sound. And the one that went up is going to come back down. And there's going to be a call to say, come up hither. And there will be a glorified church. There will be a triumphant church. Amen. Hey, the church is not going down. You can bank on it. Wall Street, it will crumble. Your stocks and bonds, just keep on praying. You need to pray. Because you don't know when it's going to go. That's the greatest form of gambling I've ever seen in my life. Now, I'm not for gambling, so don't think I'm preaching gambling, but you, I don't care. You, there's only one guarantee, folks. And it's God and everybody that's with him. It's not a matter. Uh, it's not a matter. God, are you on my side? You don't have to worry about God being on your side. Just be on his side. Stands the reason if you're on his side, that means you're on his, if you're on his side, he's on your side. Oh, hallelujah, anyhow. Let me get back to this. But almost, almost, Sister Brenda, almost, you've been around a long time. When I first came to church, I remember you. Amen. You, you did Sunday school for, for my little children coming up, holding my little babies. You, love, you still love babies? 
You still holding them babies? All right now. Okay now. Uh, next week you get to preach. I'm going to no, I'm just messing with you. Almost. You almost got the microphone, Sister Brenda. Almost got it. Almost. A little close. The word almost means little, small, few. Of number, it means multitude, quantity, or size. Of time, it means a short space of time. Of degree, it's intensity. It's slight. So I'm, I'm almost there. God is giving me a calling. And he's, there's some great young men here. Powerful. Where, where's Nathaniel? I, I, he's where, somewhere. I've listened. I've said, ooh, let's check this guy out. Uh-huh. And, and almost, almost in intensity and, and time, just a short space of time and number, just a multitude, just in quantity, very little. It was, it was so sometimes we are a whole lot closer than we know. Sometimes we are all uh, right. We're almost there. Are you still doing the um, uh, what you call it? The college ministry thing and CMI and, and all and all that and. Youth, you doing youth too? You doing everything, getting up here and pre, pre whatever. You, you all that. <laughs> I love him, man. Where's your your wife not here? All right, okay, all right. Praise God. I mean, I remember, I remember you was running around and little kid. Hey, Amen. I didn't know where you were going, what you were going to be doing. Now you up here all full of fire. Mike McGirt, go ahead, man. Keep allowing God to use you. That's awesome. Praise God. There's some more Mike McGurks in here. Hey, there's some more Pastor Wrights in here. Amen. There's some more Apostle Pauls in here. Amen. William, where? There you go, William, back there. Amen. I believe there's some mighty people in God in this room. And, and, and hey, we think we're so far off. Maybe it's a little close. Oh, there is the man that went to the army and all that come back. Let me tell you, we are almost there. These young men, there's some powerful people in this church. Amen. Hey, Bishop Wright can Bishop Wright is out there winning and, and people from all different places and, and counties and states and all that. What is that telling you? We've been hanging on Bishop Wright's coattail for so long, and God is saying, I'm trusting you. You're almost there. And I'm telling you what, you'll get the, the job done. Can you be fully persuaded? Jesus is coming up on the end of his ministry. For three and a half years, his ministry was built on him giving glory to God by the miraculous work that he did. And so it was the miraculous power of God being demonstrated. For three and a half years, uh, the power of God was being demonstrated. The, the, the miraculous work of God was being demonstrated. And now here it is in the garden, three and a half days left. And it's not going to be the miraculous work of God. As a matter of fact, after he entered Gethsemane, Gethsemane cut off the ear of this man and healed it and everything else, nothing else was done miraculously. So for three and a half days now, 
God is going to get glory, but not through the power of the Spirit, not through demonstration uh, of what God can do concerning the miraculous. Now for three, that was three and a half years, now three and a half days, what God, what was going to give God glory was that flesh was going to have to surrender before it was the manifestation of the Spirit and power of God. But now the way God is going to get glory, that that man is going to have to surrender his flesh. That man is going to have to go through some torment, and he's going to have to go through some suffering. Why? Because God has almost finished his work. And here in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and saith unto his disciples, sit ye here, that's 2636, sit ye here while I go pray yonder. If you're not country, that's country just going a little further. When I first moved down the country, and uh, uh, I, I didn't think I was going to make it. You know, I, I was like, Ma, I can't, make, I can't make it down here. I'm from the city. And they talking about something yonder. Let's go. I'm fitting to go yonder. I say, what? We're fitting to go yonder. I say, what? We're fitting to go yonder. I say, what did he say? They're getting ready to go down the road. So Jesus was saying, Jesus had a little country in him, obviously. And I think that was just King James. <laughs> he says here, sit here, sit ye here while we go, I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter. And the two sons of Zebedee, obviously James and John, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. We want a ministry where the miraculous is being performed. We want a ministry where people can see things being displayed. But in order for us to get from almost to fulfillment, is there's going to have to be some sorrow and some heaviness. Oh, I know. Yeah, bring it on. No, we don't want that. Back to the place. And what I mean by that is there's going to have to be some death, some suffering. And why is it when we, we get almost there, and, 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 and bishop talk, pastor talk, other ministers about dying out, we get to that prank. We're ready to have it. We're ready to have revival. God's about to do something. And then you start hearing that message about praying more, being more engaged and more involved and, and giving up your schedule. Oh, it's getting quiet now. Giving up your priorities and everything else. Getting focused, getting zoomed in. What is he talking about? He's talking about dying out to your will, dying out to flesh, dying out to your schedules, dying out to everything. It's the same message being preached by the, uh, the preacher. It's the same message being preached by the pastor. He's just communicating in a different way. Yes, he's trying to get you engaged in the kingdom so you can die out to your own will and your own kingdom. We almost, well, we, we, we were okay when I was saying we were almost. Yes! We almost, it's time to go to Kissimmee. Oh, no. Can't we go to Eden? Oh, I like Eden. Flesh has it good in Eden. 
It's the land of paradise. Uh, we, and we want the Pentecostal movement. We want the apostolic revival to be an Eden where everything is pleasant and everything is fine. And we have it our way. And we're just going. Uh, it's wonderful. We can eat of every tree. Uh, we can do all things. Uh, and, and, and God is saying, I want to get you from Eden, getting you from pleasure, getting you from all those things to Gethsemane. There has to be some sorrow. There has to be some heavy. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, pandemic around the world. God is just trying to, he's trying to get the world's attention. He's trying to get the world's attention. Please. Yes, he's, yeah, he's trying to get the world attention, all right. Look at, all, look at all those sinners in here. We think that if the world go through all this, they're going to flock in the church. And, yeah, we're getting people, but come on. Come on. I, I'm sorry, but, I, I mean, I, I, I check out different services at different churches. And I'm taught that they aren't running all into the church. I got to be saved on the pandemic. Oh, yes. Oh, save me. Save me. I'm sorry. That's not happening. The bars are being filled, though. I'm not trying to be hard. But, I mean, things are being shut down. Businesses are going out. Establishments that have been around are going out of business. Restaurants are closing. Have you ever heard of one bar being shut down? Liquor stores, no, they booming. Business is good. They probably saying, bring it on. I'm getting, no. Suicide rate has increased. The crime rate has increased. There are more people that had abortions in 2020 than uh, four, four, is it 44 million in the world. Anybody read that statistic? It was 44 million. I, one day I'm crying out to God. God, do something. I'm just watching everybody just going, losing their mind because of the pandemic. God, I'm, and I'm, I'm crying to God. God, do something. Come on, I know you care for people. Save them, deliver them. All these old people dying, God, and suffering. People, they, they, they're vulnerable. The vulnerable population. They're in hospital beds. These old, sex 75, I want to say, the older people. Alien people have these people have uh, the underlying conditions and they can't help themselves. Why are you doing it? Like, God, please! I'm I'm serious. I'm crying out to God. Have mercy on the world. Have mercy on them. People are crying. They need you, God. People are crying out and, and everything else. And he's, where were the crying out when four 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 hundred? I mean, forty four million babies were murdered. 44 million. I think it was, what, 2 million, 3 million in the world for the coronavirus? That's what they say. You want to bump it up to four if you want to say some people. I believe it's probably less, but that's just me. Meaning some of it may not have been corona. That's all I mean by that. Because they classify as corona just because, but they may have underlying disconditions, die from that, whatever the case may be. So but the numbers are probably high, but for argument's sake, maybe 4 million. 4 million people die from that. 44 million Babies, he said, where was the crying out? 
I'm sorry he convicted me. He said, where, where, were you crying out then? I'm like, oh. You, in the tribulation period, people are going to get so angry at God. Oh, no, no God, God is trying to get the world's attention. I'm sorry. Because you know what? Uh, yeah, I, I believe the world is, you know, what's going on with the panda. And some people, that God, God will use that for some people. But I'm going to tell you what, and people re- respond to a crisis, but if there's not hunger after the crisis, they're gone. But God has gotten the world, the church's attention. Because I'm going to tell you, we can't, do, we can't do business like we used to do business. And I'm saying business, I'm just using that. Jesus called him the father's business, so I can, if he said it's business, I can say business. So we, we can't do business. Business is not as usual. And, and now we have to come out of our box and do things, uh, uh, you can call it a little more creatively. And, and sometimes we can be in a place where, well, I don't see how it's going to happen. I don't know how we're going to have revival. And I told that to God when I said, God, I don't, how in the world are we going to save people? And we can't even have them in the building. We got to have all this social distance. We got to do this and we got to do that. And God, I don't know how. To, uh. You see, when it looks impossible, When it looks like it can't be done, God is saying just a little further. God is saying you are almost there. Because God is allowing it to, that's why it's, we're almost. I'm, I'm on, just a few more minutes because we're going to pray for some specifics here for each and every one of us. And it doesn't matter where you are in the almost because I'm sure most people in here has an almost. And tonight, we're going to settle it. If you hadn't settled it, I'm being fully persuaded. Now, some of us have tossed aside some promises. You, you, you thought it was just you and you believed God for a certain thing, and now you don't see it happening because you've been waiting, and it seem, seems like your promise has dissipated. No, no, no. We, we're going to come to a place where we are fully persuaded. But here we are. Verse 37, he took Zebedee. He was sorrowful, very heavy. Then said he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Can I tell you, we can't get beyond the almost until we get to this place. And we don't want to go there. Let's just be honest. He said the will of God and the purpose of God is almost about to be fulfilled. The climax the three-and-a-half-year climax. He went around healing and people popping up from the dead. He's walking on waters. He's calming seas. Amen. Deaf ears are being opened. Blind eyes are being opened. And all the miracles. I mean, he's feeding uh, 5,000 with just a couple of loaves and, and two bottles. I mean, he's doing all kinds of two fishes. He's doing all sorts of things. I mean, it's just going crazy. Devil's popping out of many people and everything else. And, and the devil's saying, hey, are you tormenting me for my time? I, I know who you are. And all these things, but he's coming to the place where God's purpose is about to be fulfilled, where the almost is about to come to fruition. And now here's the tough point. My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Now here it is. 
the disciples were set were satisfied with staying right where they were. You stand right here. You tarry here. And you watch with me. Now, Peter wanted to go everywhere else with him at that moment. But I don't know. I don't, that, should, that, that should have been one of those Peter moments. No, God, I'll go, I'll go with you, Lord, even, even right there, just a little further. But no. I mean, the, they, they got heavy, but they got heavy, heavy with sleepiness. Next verse, please. And he had went a little further. Just a little further. The promise was just a little further. The fulfillment was just a little further. And he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt, surrendering of will. Just a little further in surrendering of will. Next verse, please. And he cometh unto the disciples. He found them asleep. Saith to them, Peter, what? Could you not watch with me for just one hour? We're almost there. Everything I've taught you, everything that I've put in you, all the training and all the preparation, we are one hour from fulfillment. And what happens? The church falls asleep. We can't make it. Our eyes are too heavy. Next verse. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Spirit is indeed willing. Flesh just has to die out. Next verse. And he went away again the second time. Where did he go? Just that little step further. Again. And he said, he said and prayed the same thing. Oh, my father, let this cup pass away from me. Except I drink it. He began to say, but not I will, not my will, but your will. Except I drink it. Thy will be done, O oh Lord, whatever it takes. Get me beyond my will. I want if Jesus had to pray that three times. And we pray, God, uh, God, I want to do my will. And then now God brings us to a place called Gethsemane. And he says, now is the moment. You're just a little farther away, just a little farther. Got to get rid of your will. Next verse, please. And he came again and found them asleep. And his, their eyes were heavy. It wasn't their heart. I mean, their spirit and everything else. They didn't carry the burden of the Lord and, and God's purpose. Uh, everything that Jesus carried was the, the weight and the sin of the world. Uh, but their eyes were heavy. They just couldn't take it anymore. And many times we come to this place. Oh, Bishop, I can't go on. You know how it is. We get into all the decessions with Bishop. And Bishop going on, uh, and I mean, your tongue is hanging out, your limbs about to drop, uh, amen, you don't have a, a spine, any backbone and everything, and Bishop, come on, a little further, y'all, come on, go, and you're like, oh, God, I'm about to die, Bishop, <laughs> can't go any further, they were heavy, eyes were heavy, next verse, and he left them, and went away again, third time, saying the same thing, God. Father, take this from me. Then he says, not my will. He was, take this from me. If I don't have to, you know how it is. If I don't have to go through something, I don't want to go through it. No one is, you know, we're not uh, masochists. No, I don't want to go through anything. But can I tell you that we have to get from our place of comfort in paradise? I, I mean, for years when I thought of revival, 
talking about revival. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a good time. We always look at revival, and we're going to have a, we're going to, we're going to blow and go. And, and you know, and I, I was younger then. I had hair then. <laughs> we're going to blow and go. We're going to get, yes, revival. God said we're going to have it. But we can't revive anything until we die. And we, when we speak of revival, we mean the church is dead and then it comes to life. But when revival, when God talks about revival, God is really saying we're going to die out to self and then come to life. Yeah. That's revival. True revival is when we die out to self and then come to life. Mm-hmm. And these same words, if you look, if you permit me, I'm just about done. I promise you, I'm just about done with time. It's, it's, it's early. I'm still about done. And Luke, Luke says it a little differently. He said he had withdrawn himself about a stone's cast away. Now, some of you may be able to throw. I've had surgery in this shoulder, or, and now this one is acting up. And I'm going to therapy in there, and, and, and the physical therapist said, you know, you won't be able to pitch a ball anymore. I said, I was, I was lousy in baseball anyway. It doesn't matter. So I, as the other day, I was out in my backyard, and I, I had this, this raccoon that keeps coming out in my backyard in the daytime. And he's looking at me like he owned my backyard. Like, what are you doing here? I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's just walking by me, and then he stopped me, and then he's going to take a double look. I'm like, no, you won't. So I'm feeling bad because I'm by my, my, uh, my door, and if he want to go crazy, I'm going to run inside. I went down to pick up a stone, and he was only a stone cast away. And I tried to throw that stone. He ran, thank God. But I realized the stone throw away, stone cat, it wasn't that far. I couldn't even throw that. I was like, I was embarrassed. It wasn't that far. He, he, just a stone cast away. And, and, and then Mark says it, he just went a little further and he fell to the ground. And after he fell to the ground, he said, after the third time, the scripture says, it's enough. In other words, it's over. It's done. I've done everything that I've come to do. The hour is at hand. The Son of Man is about to be betrayed. And, and everything took place. The fulfillment took place. Can I say, and I know it's going down, and that's fine. The fulfillment took place in this garden called Gethsemane. Then that's really not a garden. That's a tomb. And we don't want to go to that place. Because the defining moment and the, the climax of his ministry was uh, the surrender of will. And it was heaviness. And it was dying out. And all it took was Jesus going just a little further. God, not my will, but thy will. Can I, can I talk to somebody tonight? It, it, dying out is not as hard as we think it is. You see, because when we die out truly, it's not that we're going to be void of life. He's going to give us a better life. 
And he's trying to take our life that we lived and we want to reserve and preserve and, and hold on to. And he's trying to get rid of, trying to get, rid, get us to surrender that life so he can give us something better. And I'm not talking about eternal life there. That's going to happen. But I'm talking about when we die out to self, God has some things. I believe fulfillment. Why is it? Why is it? Who's playing tonight? Who's, I know it's all Stephanie and all is it? Maestro, you playing Maestro? Come on, Maestro. Come on. Why is it that God waited? See, God, the way he does it, he does things through principle. It wasn't a coincidence that God waited until Sarah's womb was dead and until uh, Abraham, was, his body was dead. It's not, it's not coincidental. And, and that principle, God is saying, I, I need this physical body to be dead so I can be glorified. Because what God is about to do, and so God is saying, you know what? There's some dying that needs to go on in my body. See, we're, 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 we're not far. We're just a stone cast away. Can we go just a little further? I can't be satisfied with just being almost. There are some promises. I see some, some people that I, that I hadn't seen before. It seemed like God is doing some great things here. But I see some people that has grown up in this church. Some people that have grown grayer in this church. Some people who have grown follicle-less in this church. Some people that has grown up. matured but let's not stop where we are let's not stop at the almost we haven't always done things right we haven't always done things perfectly time may have have escaped some of us like Abraham he ended up in Egypt when God told him to go to the promised land but God didn't get rid of the promise. How did Abraham end up down in Egypt? So we, we haven't done it, this thing right, but there are some problems. Jason, I'm, I, forgive me. I hope you don't get offended. But any, any and every promise God has made in your life, it's not gone anywhere. Can I say the power of God is still there? The promise of God, the purpose of God is still there. I'm looking at a powerful young man. I'm going to say that again. I'm looking at a powerful young man. Every time I can come in here, my eyes get fixated on you. And the promise and the power of God. Can we do this as a church? corporately, individually. Let's decree, let's declare, God, I'm not going to be satisfied with where we are as a church, as a body, and individually. I am willing to go just a little further. I am determined and persuaded to leave almost behind. Won't you stand, please? I have some more that I could talk about and some more I could say, but it's not about that. 
God has promised blessings. We've been waiting to see God in things and some things from God. But I have a question for you, church. Are you really fully persuaded? Are you willing to go just a little further? I'm going to ask you to come. I don't know what the protocol here is for prayer. I don't know whether we need to shut the, the everything down that we can. I think that would be okay if, if, if y'all allowed and we can have some prayer. Um, I, I, don't, I don't want to break protocol. But if you feel like God is talking to you in this season, in this time, there are some promises of God that hadn't come to pass, and you're willing to make this declaration, God, I'm, I'm going a little further. I realize there's some dying out that need to take place, and I'm willing to let that happen. I'm willing, God, to go to Gethsemane. I don't want to stay in uh, the Garden of Eden. Why don't you just come on? Out of, do y'all have? Do y'all still come up? I don't know. Then come on. Do whatever you do in altar call. There's some people that have been around for a long time. There's some people who have just come back. Come on, won't you take some time right now? There's some people that have been around, and you've heard all the promises. You may be weary in your body. You may seem like, oh, I can't do what I used to do. You may not be able to. Can I tell you, Abraham, naturally speaking, he couldn't do naturally what God could do. He couldn't do what he used to do. But God said, Abraham, I'm going to give you a new body. I'm going to resurrect your body. I'm going to resurrect Sarah's body. I'm going to do something great and something new.